The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and you'll see two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that and you want to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today at which time he'll be on in that little area on the left side of the page for two hours. So if you want two hours of Bradley Dean, you know, he's always talking about doing a two or three hour show. He just might as well just carry it over. Just be like we are. Just ignore it. The radio's done. We'll carry it over here. <laughs> but you got him for two hours today. Uh, so be sure and check that out. 3 p.m. Eastern, sonsoflibertymedia.com. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on that, the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got, and then look for the rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. And uh, <clears throat> join us and rumble over there on the, in the chat. Got a lot of friends there this morning. Good to see you. Robin, great to see you finally for a live show. <laughs> I see your comments all the time. It's great to see you in there for the live. And uh, happy to have everyone else in there as well. Also, while you're at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, if you'd like to uh, sign up for our email newsletter, that goes out once every evening between 7 and 8 Eastern. My apologies last night. I was doing... Sons of Liberty, and I was doing the ones for my kids. I accidentally stuck one of ours in there, so I do apologize for that. For those who got it, I did send it out again. And uh, uh, to make up for that, I'm going to uh, send out Sons of Liberty on my email list. So, so because I just just totally my fault. I was trying to cram some things in so I could go spend some time with Eli uh, because I promised him I would. And uh, yeah, so it's my fault. Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, scrolling up here, if you would like to help keep us out there. Doing what we do, there's a donate button at the top of sonslibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of a liberty. And again, guys, we do appreciate you very, very much. I want to just hit this real quick, and then I got two quick videos I'm going to play. <laughs> they will be quick, I promise. Uh, <clears throat> what you're listening to at the beginning of the show is called The Song of Moses. It's, the song is by Petra, but they, obviously they put it to music. Uh, there's a song in the Old Testament called The Song of Moses. And then when you go to Revelation chapter 15, here's what we read. This is where this comes from. All of it was 
scripture that you were listening to. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory of the beast over his image, over his mark, over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, or in that case, in the in the name of the song, they're Great and marvelous are thy deeds. Same thing. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou alone art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Are they not? Yeah, men see that all the time. Paul makes that argument in Romans 1, and he talks about the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. And what do men do with that? Well, they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Um, so anyway, I, just, I thought I would bring that to your attention in case some of you are wondering, boy, I, I really like that song, whatever. Maybe you're not familiar with the scripture in that area. Uh, hopefully that's helpful to you. Maybe it's even encouraging you to, to listen again. I've got two quick videos. The first one is a little bit longer, but this with this stuff we're dealing with in the Ukraine and stuff, now the expansion of NATO. Well, you remember when we were talking about arming all these unconstitutional federal agencies? Ron Paul warned about that back in 1991 or 97, I believe it was. I played the video for you. He was warning about that on the on the floor of the House of Representatives. Listen to this. This is from 2001. This is more than 20 years ago. Who's the re who's the guy who had some reason about him uh, when talking about NADA? Yep, it was Ron Paul again. It was Ron Paul again. Everybody thought he was kooky, thought he was just off his rocker talking about these unconstitutional wars, unsustainable, and all that other. This is Ron Paul from 2001. Take a listen. And the gentleman from California and the gentleman from Nebraska both wish to yield time. Yes, I'm pleased to yield two minutes to our distinguished colleague from Texas, Mr. Hall. And Mr. Speaker, I also yield two minutes to distinguished gentleman. Gentlemen, be recognized for four minutes. Uh, thank you very much, and I sincerely appreciate the fact that uh, I brought together bipartisanship here and got times from both sides, so I deeply appreciate that, especially since I am taking the opposition to this bill. I do rise in opposition uh, to expanding NATO. Uh, I do not think it's in the best interest of the United States. The one thing that I would concede, though, is, is that everyone in this chamber, and I believe every member, agrees that our country should be strong, that we should have a strong national defense, and that we should do everything conceivable to make our country uh, safe and secure. And I certainly endorse those views. It just happens that... I believe that membership in organizations like NATO tends to do the opposite, tends to weaken us and also uh, makes us more vulnerable. But that's a matter of opinion and we have to debate the uh, merits of the issue uh, and find out what is best for our country. But uh, I think the bill does two, is motivated for two reasons. One is to increase the sphere of influence. Uh, into Eastern Europe. Who will, who will be the greatest influence on the commercial aspects of Eastern Europe? And so there's a commercial interest there. As, as well as in this bill, there's $55 million of foreign aid, uh, which I think a lot of Americans would challenge on whether or not under these circumstances, whether or not we should be sending another $55 million uh, overseas. Now it's billions. 
We have this debate now mainly because we've uh, had the demise of the Soviet system, and there's a question on uh, what the role of NATO should be and what the role of NATO really is. It seems that NATO is out in search of a dragon to slay. It, it appeared that way uh, during the Kosovo and Serbian crisis, where it was decided that uh, NATO uh, would go in and uh, start the bombing in order to help the uh, Kosovars and to undermine the government of Serbia. But there, the own the, the the laws or the, uh, the the own rule, our own rules under NATO says that we should never attack a country that hasn't attacked a member nation. So this was sort of stretching it by a long shot in order to get us involved. And I think that does have unintended consequences because it turns out that we supported Muslims, the KLA uh, in, in Kosovo, who were actually allies of Osama bin Laden. So uh, these things sort of in some ways come back to haunt us. And I see this as uh, an unintended consequence that we should uh, be very much aware of. But overall, I oppose this because I support a position of, uh, of a foreign policy of non-interventionism, foreign non-interventionism out of interest of the United States. And I know the other side of the argument, the United States interests are best protected by foreign intervention and many, many entangling alliances. And I, I just uh, disagree with that because I think what eventually happens is that uh, a country like ours gets spread too thin and finally we get too poor. And I think we're starting to see signs of this. We have 250,000 troops around the world in 241 uh, different countries. And when the crisis hit uh, with the New York uh, disaster, it turned out that our planes were so spread out around the world that it was necessary for our allies to come in and help us. And this is used by those who disagree with me as a pause and say, see, it works. NATO is wonderful. They'll even come and help us out. I see it as sad and tragic that we spend last year, I think it was over $325 billion for, for national defense. That's nothing now. And we didn't even have AWACS plane to protect us. You know, during, during that time when we have our, our tragedy in New York, we probably had cities that we paid to protect better than our own cities. We, I mean, if planes went uh, awry or astray in, in Korea or uh, Haiti or wherever, I think that uh, they probably would have been shot down. So I see this as a, as a tragedy, and I hope we will all give some consideration for non-intervention. Now, California. again, that's over 20 years ago that he's talking about. This is after 9-11. This is 2001. And I'm telling you right now, this is a guy who doesn't change, you know, what he thinks and what he says to accommodate his audience. I, I just wanted you to understand he was warning about this long ago and, and, and did it before. And there were others who warned about NATO as well. Just, just for that. Now, this one is even shorter. Kate is really going to appreciate this one because this is a guy who's testifying. I believe he's testifying before Congress here. And the video is kind of small for the you guys who are who are going to be watching on on the video platform, but you guys on the radio, uh, you'll hear exactly what this father says about his daughter, about chemotherapy and what it did to her brain. Oh, I, it makes my skin crawl. And yet there was something else he used that even when his daughter was cancer free three times, the cancer came. He did the chemotherapy not knowing it was destroying her body. Her, her brain, her little brain, and 
then she was cancer free. Then the cancer came back. He did the same process without the chemo, got rid of the, the cancer. It came back again, got rid of the cancer and she died cancer free. And he's testifying to this. And I want you to listen because what he, what he uh, accuses the government and the government funded, you know, health industries and all this stuff that's tied in with the, uh, with the uh, DC, he accuses them of giving false advice. And I would say deadly advice. Listen to this father. It's going to break your heart. It really is. But we need to hear the truth about this matter. Listen to him. This is an identical twin. Her sister is now dead. Her sister, when she was four years old, Kristen, developed a highly malignant brain tumor that had spread throughout her spine and her brain. The doctors told us that we had really two options. Take her home, let her die, or bring her in for massive dosages of chemo and radiation simultaneously. In either event, she was going to die. They were quite certain of that, and very quickly. Uh, believing her only chance to be the standard route, we gave her the chemo and radiation. It burned her skull so bad she had second-degree burns and her hair never came back. To change her diapers, we had to wear rubber gloves because her urine was so toxic and it burned her. At the end of six months, miraculously, she survived the standard treatment, although there was a high expectation she wouldn't. Um, she still had cancer. We were told, sorry. We've done everything we can. Now she's going to die, probably within a couple of months. My wife and I, choosing not to accept that, started reading. The first book I picked up, the third chapter, discussed Dr. Brzezinski. Um, as you may guess, I have some expertise in fraud. In fact, I'm quite certain there are enough attorneys in the room that I could be vordeered as an expert in fraud. And I conducted my own investigation. I have no doubt the man is not a fraud. I have no doubt that he does what he does out of earnest belief that his medicine works. And now you're in a position to judge for yourselves whether it works or not, but it's well established by the FDA that it's non-toxic. 18 months later, we took my daughter off the antineoplastin. She had not died. She had no signs of tumor. She remained free for 18 months of cancer. Within a month, the cancer was widespread in her brain. We put her back on Brzezinski's. By the way, at the objections of our doctors, for some reason, felt that it had failed her. We put her back on. Within nine weeks, the tumor was completely gone. She died last July of neurological necrosis. Her brain fell apart from the radiation. The autopsy showed that she was completely cancer-free. Out of 52 cases of that disease ever, no one died cancer-free, just Chrissy. So she didn't die of a terminal illness. She died of my inability to care for her properly, and she died from bad advice. She died because there's a government institution that disseminates false information Calling and them is out. not looking out for the welfare of the people. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I swore an oath 11 years ago, and I think most of us in this room swore it at one time or another to uphold the Constitution. It says life right in the beginning. Actually, he's talking about the Declaration of Independence. The Constitution doesn't say that, but the Declaration of Independence does. And among our rights from our Creator, the first one mentioned is life. And thank God this dad's calling this out, that they are giving false advice. That means they're lying to you. That's what false is. It's not true. They're telling you lies. And... Um, I'm going to, you know, we're going to be talking about the students uh, against tyranny and cataract treatments here. 
But uh, you, I'm going to cover that. Yes, you all know Kate has had experience in this, and I want to get what Kate has to say. By the way, uh, good morning, Kate. Good morning. Uh, James Harvey is joining us again from Students Against Tyranny. Great to see you both. Thank you for having me. And there's Fat Dave, hey. too. <laughs> oh, it's adorable. Now he'll do the little head bob. He said, that's my theme music. I, uh, <laughs> my little I subject. That was nearly a pair of slippers yesterday. He peed up the wall. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to hand over to James in a minute. But before I do, James, I'm your Auntie Katie here. <laughs> you hold that up to the screen. I want to see what you're drinking. Um, I, I was going to say she probably I saw that and you're you in hold trouble. That up, you are the future, young man. Get that can up to the screen. <laughs> right. Turn it round. Turn it round. Oh. Oh, you and I are going to have some serious words. Don't you <laughs> dare right. take another sip of that. That is just, let me tell you, that's got aspartame <laughs> in it. That's like pouring rocket fuel onto tumors. This is why you've got astrocytoma brain tumors going through the roof in your generation. It's loaded with caffeine. It's loaded with salt to make you pee more, dehydrate you, so you drink more. Oh, if I'm wondering why I'm peeing all the time. <laughs> water, I'm going to send you a case of spring water Hello. from the Double's Tool Amazon because we need to look after you because you're the future. You're a smart guy. James, so she's you... only saying that because she loves you. And when I saw you no, doing that, I was... Shame, yo. I, I, well, no, I, I gotta... In all fairness, this isn't no, my fault. This is Simon. I'll is tell it, you. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. No, don't when blame I, Simon. Own your doo doo. Well, when I when I let saw me go, let, let me go back. When, to, hang on. When I saw James at the beginning of the show, where you came on, I'm like, I should have told James. You need to put that down, or she's going to be on you, man. <laughs> it was so funny. Anyway, you know what, Tim? I'm glad. Listen, um, when the war in the Balkans hit, I want to cover quickly all these things, and I'll hand it. When the war in the Balkans hit, uh, the Balkans hit. I was working for British Airways and I broke my foot in Hong Kong. I'd had two tiger beers and had an outrageous hangover and went over on my ankle the next day and ended up in the Canossa Hospital in Hong Kong for nearly a week with this hugely swollen, fractured, straightened to tarsal. Now, I then spent a considerable amount of time home and I watched it in full, full glory on the BBC uh, propaganda channel. And what I saw was horrific. And later, as we're going to talk about, I got cancer and my ex-husband, part of the 9-11 Truth Coalition, Dr. Farama Shemrani, really smart guy, gave me four wonderful kids and saved my life with finding everything out about Bazinski, about everything to do with, you know, the whole industry of cancer. And that's why I'm here today, 11 years post-diagnosis with a deadly aggressive cancer. And, um, and then I was to meet... Uh, my children's piano teacher who came to my house for the best part of maybe 15 years. And uh, he was Bosnian, head of music at Bosnia University. His wife was head of economics. He got her out first and he left with a carrier bag, a grocery bag with his things. That was all he had. And I always remember, and I've said it, said it before on the show. He said to me this, and I never forgot it. I was so disturbed by what I saw when I was off with this cast on my leg. I went into a deep depression all those years earlier in my late 20s, he said, I saw my colleagues, my friends, my neighbors, my students killing my colleagues, my neighbors, my friends, my students. That's what he said. They took his mother's house. They just took it. And much, much later, years later, in you know, maybe a decade, not even a decade ago, he went, um, it was less than that, actually. He went after them to get his mother's back house back legally. 
Now, we see all of that. That was about oil. You know this, Tim. It was about oil. The yep. UN are nothing but corrupt. They're not. Everything that the UN say they are, it's the opposite. It's an inversion. And you need to look at Srebrenica and where they took every young man. They took young, they were young boys. Some of them were like 13, 14 years old. And I can only imagine how they died. The massacre at Srebrenica. This is in my lifetime. This is in your lifetime. And uh, all of all of that and what they say, they stood by and watched those men and boys be led. The UN stood by and watched those men and boys be led out of there and slaughtered. It was horrific. And it was from every side. And anyway, I then was back working for British Airways. And I remember a load of Sri Lankan, Asian, UN troops. We carried them on the aircraft. We carried them on the aircraft. And they were going over to go there. And then they were coming back on our aircraft to go back to Sri Lanka. And I can tell you right now, they had so much money. They bought every single thing that we had in the duty-free bars. Everything. They bought the lot. Those UN troops. You know, it just makes me want to puke all of this, what's going on. And if you go back every 80 years, it's exactly the same thing. A plague, a war false flags, famine, they don't even change the script. And now what's happening in the UK, we've got the Anglo-Indian Alliance, Indian Alliance, Gukran Singh, who's been on your show, has just been kicked off everything, everything, and the propaganda on him is incredible. Wow. I, I sat next to him in the uh, court, the High Court of Justice, I think that's what it's called, where he was supporting... Pakistani NHS surgeon Dr. Mohammed Adil in his appeal against the General Medical Council, which they stated they would give him his an the answer in two weeks, seven weeks, they've thrown it out and he's still suspended. Gukran Singh Punjabi supported that Pakistani NHS surgeon and yet they've kicked him off Twitter and everywhere and they're saying that he's anti-NHS, he's anti-Pakistani. The propaganda is phenomenal over him. And you know what he told me yesterday? I didn't even need to tell me because I can see it unfolding. You've got a load of people. They don't want to hear about, you know, uh, Tommy Robinson. It's not his real name, but they don't want to hear about him coming up against the grooming gangs. You even got Lee Garrett went against the grooming gangs and pedophilia. Lots and lots of people exposing it. You had the Sikhs exposing it. Okay, they've all been doing it for years. Now you've got this Suella Braverman who's running Extradition Airways. Uh, taking millions of taxpayers' money because they want to extradite a few on a flight back to Rwanda. Meanwhile, we've got all these fighting age men coming into the UK. They're putting them on military bases. They're putting them on uh, hotels, floating hotels at holiday spots. Now, I spoke to yet another ho hotel manager today. Today, I spoke to a hotel manager who's also a security guard. This is what he said to me. These are his exact words. This is the second one I've spoken to. They all came in the hotel. They were all very fit. Their luggage comes later. It's interesting, seeing as they're, you know, coming as, uh, you know, they've got nowhere to go. They have luggage that follows on later. They all then go in the gym. They're going in the gym. They're using the gym. They're all fit. And this is what he said that was very interesting for me. This is a guy who is uh, a black guy told me this. He said, you know what? They all smell a very expensive cologne aftershave. 
He said, they're all wearing expensive cologne. Why? I said, because they said, they're, they're not asylum seekers or whatever they are. He said, no, they're not. They're too fit. He said that. This is exactly what's going on under the noses of the Brits yep. right now. Oh, it's, it's happening. Being- it's happening in the US too. It's not just the Brits. It is. So we've got an Indian government, an Indian government that's now come out and said, oh, we're going to go after these grooming gangs. I'll tell you why they're going after the grooming gangs. Because they're naming them as Muslim grooming gangs. Well, they're bringing in the Hindu RSS with the swastika. They're creating, they're going to bring on a big, massive race war. They're doing the oldest trick in the book that they all do. They did it in Iran when they brought Ayatollah Khomeini from Paris to Iran. They had the agitators, the students in the markets and everywhere. They paid them money to do all the agitating. They got rid of Mossadegh, American trained, who's American educated, the government who said, you're not having our oil anymore because you're paying us peanuts for it. You can pay us this price for it, the Americans and the Brits, because they didn't want that. And that's what that's about in Yugoslavia. So they, they did that. And then they did the whole Islamic revolution. So what they're doing now is they're bringing in, you've got Indian drugs, you've got the Anglo-Indian Alliance, you've got the oldest, you've heard Gokran Singh, they've got the caste system there. And now they're saying that they're 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 going to start a race they're going to start a race war here between the Hindus and the Muslims. They're going to agitate it all and get it going. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, exactly what they're doing. And you know it, it's so obvious. And because Gokran Singh's been naming it, they've just chucked him off everything and trying to discredit him. Absolutely everything. I have so much respect for him and that human rights activist he's a good guy he's he's a good guy doing what he says yeah doing what he says yeah he sees it all for what it is and i'm gonna um you know the whole cancer thing Bazinski, they got rid of him as well we've got the 1939 cancer act there are so many things that will kill a tumor and then you need to restore your deficiency in vitamins minerals and enzymes and you need to take the toxicity away from the liver and then if you didn't take it all away, the body's going to heal naturally anyway. But they they are making you sick. And I can tell you right now, because I've just done all the research and I did a show with Scott and I'm doing a shot show tomorrow on TNT. We are have gone up 2.2 times the amount that are dying. It's now 2060 minimum per day that they are euthanizing. Well, they're not even euthanizing. They're assassinating them in the UK. Incredible. And you know what we just found out? This clinical frailty score, clinical frailty score in, in belt, in, we, we developed it. We developed all of this stuff. We, we developed, sorry, the um, uh, planned tariff incentivized euthanasia point system. Sorry, Australia developed it. And we were going to be the pathfinders in it. And we included disabled children. This clinical frailty score that we started up here, the UK, other countries have already spoke out and against it and said, it's not good. Let me tell you what they do. It's not an assessment tool. And they make this score within 60 seconds. 60 seconds, they give you a clinical frailty score. Now, when they've then gone and assessed the patients properly, 75% of those scores were wrong. And that patient had a much lower score. Now, why is that significant? Because guess what? When you were six and over, you got put on end of life care and had all your food, water and essential meds taken away. Within 24 or 25 days, they dropped it to five. Now it's four to five. What does four to five means? Mildly frail. That means if you can go outside and dig a hole and put your plant in it, but you can't dig your own grave, you're mildly frail. You know what that else means? 
I can't squat all the way down to my ankles. I've had, I had a knee op years ago. That means I'm mildly frail. So when you pitch up at the hospital, age 18 or over, and you've got a mildly frail, uh, a clinical frailty score of four to five, you don't get critical treatment. You don't get put on a ventilator. You don't get any of that. You get left. And if you don't show any improvement, you go straight on to end of life. Now, who's on that clinical frailty score? Down syndrome. Down syndrome is on that in, I think it's Belgium, Holland, where they've got euthanasia. And they're on it here. Now, they think, because we, we looked at the British one, they think that by having that clinical frailty score that they're going to get, you know, first treatment. People are people are identifying them as frail. They're not identifying you as frail. They're earmarking you. They may as well just put a pillar over your face or a yellow star of David on you. This is action T4. This is exactly what it is. This is an identification in a new talk of eugenics. And I've spoken about Scott uh, Scott Shara about Grace. We've sent him a load of documents and he's now going through his documents because somewhere on Grace's notes will be that cl clinical frailty score because they mentioned in her notes 36 times that she was Downs. She, and he watched his daughter die on FaceTime with 40 members of staff, the idle fatties, outside those nurses, and most of them are overweight, shame on them, outside shouting back in the room, she's do not resuscitate. You know what do not resuscitate means? It means that when they've cardiac and respiratory arrested, you don't resuscitate. They never gave yeah, that. They're, they never, they're, yeah, you know? we, the, the it doesn't people, mean you do nothing to try and save their life. Right. The people have seen Scott on the show. We've had him on three or four or five oh, times. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what, Scott, the thing I like about Scott is he's humble. He's a humble guy. He has at his heart, he wants to see people repent and turn to Christ. But he also wants the truth to come out so it stops so nobody else is targeted or even Maybe they aren't, don't oh, have targeted like his daughter was. And I'll tell you what, that guy is, he's really a sharp man. I mean, he takes yes. that stuff and can go through it and can pull out the specifics. Why? Because he's lived it. And I tell you, we say it on the show all the time. People who get the most involved and become the greatest activists are often the ones who may not have, have seen everything that was going on at the first. They may have missed things along the way and thought everything was okay. And then when tragedy strikes, they're the ones who get down in the mud, dig it all out, pull out, you know, those, those little, I hate to call them jewels in this thing, but, but they really are. They're jewels that show the criminality behind the well, crimes committed well, to their, their loved ones. Is the clinical frailty score. That clinical frailty score is now four to five. Four to five if you're over 18. That's exactly what it is. This is, do you know what they're doing? They're prepping for war. If you That's look exactly at what, what they're doing. Yep. If you look at what Germany did, what they did was they needed to make their army the strongest, just like the Spartans did. So they need to get rid of whatever's weak and a financial drain. So they talked their own people into killing the disabled and the elderly with guillotines. That's what they did first. And Hitler, in his letter, to um, Carl Brandt, and I think it was Burr, the other doctor, the letters out there on the internet, don't take my word for it and call me a conspiracy theorist. Get off your lazy backsides, put into Google search, use the devil's tool while you've got it, because someone called me called me a conspiracy theorist over that letter last week. Uh, so, and I know they, they do come and watch this show. Do your due diligence, go find that letter. All you need to do is write it into Google Translate if you can't read it. 
Even Hitler stated that the people should be properly assessed, properly assessed. So initially they got assessed, whatever assessment that was, and they killed them. Then they talked them into bringing them. They bought them out of sanitariums. They bought the disabled children. They even bought in the children that were epileptic. They bought them all in first. And then, you know, what was the cheaper option then with everybody else. It was cheaper to just do a bullet because there were people willing to do the bullet. Who was willing to do the bullet? The yep. police. Yep. Who were the police? The police were the SS. The police became the SS. They used the people that were the idiots, the useful idiots that were there, that they used people that worked in the towns. I've seen, you know, hideous images where they rounded them all up and beat them to death with all the people standing around. That's what they did. This is no different. And why did they do it? It was to strengthen the war machine. So what they are doing right now is they are getting rid of everybody that is a drain on the system. Now they've just announced in the UK, even though you've got endless evidence, you've even got it in the Pfizer documents, they are going to be vaccinating, vaccinating, what a joke, all vulnerable. And don't forget, vulnerable is the new word for eugenics because they do the elderly, the disabled and the children. Vulnerable means eugenics. They're picking out the weak, the ones that are the useless eaters. They're going to be injecting with two Pfizer shots, all vulnerable babies, six months to four years. Yeah. Who, the, who is going to be doing it? Yeah. Kate, let, let's interject nurses. something. Let's interject something there that we got, you know, from Nikita. It was a great little phrase that she had. Pregnancy is not a medical condition. It is it is how God created things to be. It's not a medical condition. Women start getting some good uh, midwives, some good doulas there and start having your children at home. Trust me, they're putting fear into you to make you go there. Then they're going to charge you an arm and a leg and maybe and something else. And they're going to label your baby as yep. vulnerable. And then they're going to try to push away. all kinds of shots, vitamin K and all these other kinds of things that they're shooting. You don't know what they're putting in your kid. Just keep, have the child at home. It's cheaper. It's better for you, mom. It's better for baby. It's better for the whole family. Trust me, been there, done that. Okay, so we got a lot of history in off the NATO video and the and the cancer one. And I'm glad, uh, Kate, that you, you're able to share that information with people. Uh, I, I want to move things along so we can get some stuff in because I know we'll probably have to save a little bit. James Check the videos of James. Check your Telegram. They're on your Telegram. Okay, the I, well, James I'll bring those up as you guys mention them. But uh, James has been on the show before. We had him on before, and he was exposing a lot of the stuff that's going on there in England going in as he continues to drink that. Uh... I'm on the water now. It's fine. Oh, is it the water? Did you <laughs> So, I think I think what's happened is Gold Eagle has slithered <laughs> onto the table, taken the can of Coke away. Oh, that's hilarious! That's I, hilarious. I, I always had this. I always had this. Was, that's uh, a, that's you hilarious. Known, I call you out. So, so James, <laughs> what what's the update? Because you've got an update uh, uh, from what's going on and your work there in in England under uh, Students Against Tyranny. Tell us about it. Yeah. So. Uh, if anyone remembers the, the last interview, we kind of went through exactly what happened to a student called John Christian, who uh, basically was, um, he was, he was punished by his university for, um, quote unquote, wrong think, right? And he, he went through this entire, um, ordeal for about four years since 2016 when you had that massive shift in how free speech was dealt with. Um, and, and so 
a lot. Um, I think since about 2016, he's been in and out of disciplinaries for um, offending people and stuff like that, right? And uh, we organized a protest in Manchester over it on the 25th of March. It was originally on the 11th, but we had to move it due to um, snow weather warnings and stuff like that. And unfortunately, you know, with, with snow weather warnings, trains wouldn't be running. And so it would uh, impact our numbers. Now, we went there on the 25th and we were met with about 250 Antifa. Um, so, <laughs> so as soon as they, they saw me and my team, cause we had our speakers and stuff like that, they kind of walked down the road and completely surrounded us. Right now I was dealing with the liaison officers at the time, cause I wanted to keep everyone who was with me safe. That was my main priority. And they, they basically told me they weren't actually going to move the Antifa lot back. So we were shoved into a corner with 250 Antifa, right? Um, and the police weren't doing anything. Could you play? The, so there's, yeah, there's a video. Yeah, let me let me bring these up. Let let people see them. They're they're short here, but we'll bring these up and uh, I'll I'll play them. They're only about uh, a few seconds each. But uh, here's what James talking about. Because you guys do have a right to free speech. And the, the, the strange thing about this is, and for those who are on the radio, uh, there's a quick pan out to see uh, what's going on as far as the numbers in the crowd here. Uh, and you see there's a ton of police out here to try to, I guess, control the crowd from getting out of hand. Uh, but these are the people. You see them. They're cowards. They wear these masks. I guess they're trying to make themselves look scary, uh, but they're covering their faces. They have no courage. They're, they're cowards when you actually confront them. And uh, they're weaklings. In fact, when you see them with the, uh, the Proud Boys out there in, what is it, uh, Portland, uh, when they show up, um, they get a major beat down from those guys. So the guys that you're dealing with, you have to understand, they are cowards. They, they have a, lar a, a large bark. Uh, they, they can formulate a large presence. But when it really comes time to it, they're really cowards. Go ahead, James. Tell, tell, tell people what was going on here. I completely agree with you, Tim, because um, one of them, I think, said to me, what was it? Um, they, they said, so you're not so tough when you're on your own. And I said, well, no, there are you. There's, two, there's 250 of you. Well, that's right. That's right. Exactly. You're not going on your own this time because I'm coming on to James. <laughs> 250 of you, one of me, and I'm still going to stand there, give the speeches because we're not scared. And that's the message I want to give out. So the second Amen. video was actually uh, before the police got involved. So what happened was um, the police were like, well, we're not going to move them. We can't move them back, blah, blah, blah. Even though I was promised before the day that they'd move them out of the way. Right. But they said, well, since you haven't got that big of a crowd, they, they, they were saying because you haven't got like there's not many of your supporters have turned up they're not being violent yet so we're not going to move them back right but the thing is my supporters couldn't get through because they were seeing the antifa crowd and then they were just going home because they, they couldn't see us if that makes sense we were shoved into a corner we could, yeah we couldn't do anything they so, felt like they were divided too right is that what is that what i'm perceiving here yeah yeah right so so they attacked us, right? So eventually when they attacked us and they started throwing punches, they stole one of our flags, uh, which ended up setting on fire as well, by the way. But don't worry, I've got retaliation to that coming soon. I've got the communist flag in my house. So, <laughs> so when they attacked us all, uh, the police were like, right, we've, they're about two minutes out. The TSG, all of them lot are going to come in and they're going to move them back. So TSG arrives and they, um, and they form a line in front of them. It takes them about 25 minutes. But eventually they moved them back about a couple of meters. That was it. And they, were, <laughs> and they were like, right, you guys can move further into the corner where no one can see you. 
and we're going to form a massive police line. So then you've got people who've travelled all the way down from Scotland and places like that, you know, who couldn't get through the lines at all. And so we were just completely shoved into the corner. We couldn't speak to the public. We couldn't hand out leaflets. Um, they were threatening to attack us, trying to push through the line. You had one guy who was, um, if you saw in the video there, basically I was standing. So we were standing here giving speeches. And then behind us, you had like a fence area. And there was a guy over there who was making death threats and stuff like that, threatening to stab us and saying, you're not going to be safe if you leave now and stuff like that, right? And then you obviously had the police lines and like 250 Antifa behind that. Um, and I was kind of in the mindset of, should I just pack up and go home? But that's exactly what they wanted. So what we did was we, we just said, right, we're just going to do the speeches anyway. Um, and it was really funny as well, because you had a lot of these, these Antifa lot going, why are you here? Why are you here? Start giving speeches, stuff like that. Right. And then as soon as we give the speeches, as soon as we give the first speech, they start booing. Right. So they're all booing. They're playing loud music, making sure no one can hear us. This is a free speech protest and the anti-fascists are there making sure, you know, shutting down our ability to free speech. If anything, this massively proved our point, right? And so they, they think they're scared. They, they've been posting on Twitter saying, maybe um, this will make the far right think about coming again or whatever, right? We will be coming back, right? So on the 3rd of June, I've organized another protest. Kate, I don't know if you're gonna come to that one, are you? We need to get a lot of people there. I think with what's happened uh, in America, which I'm sure you'll talk about in a minute, with that professional swimmer being attacked at the university. Did mm -hmm. you see that? Yes. Yeah, we had that We had that uh, out yesterday. I put it out last night on Sons of Liberty. Yeah, Media. carry on, James. Yep. Riley Gaines, isn't it? The, the, the female swimmer. Um, yeah, so well, we'll be back in uh, Manchester now on the 3rd of June. See, we're not going up there to have like a a massive fight with Antifa, that's not the aim of it. We want to get the numbers there so that Antifa can be moved into a completely different area so we can actually have our events, have you know the public listen to it and hand out leaflets. Um, I saw there was a comment on one, you know, because I uploaded all the speeches to YouTube, there's actually a, a comment from someone who said, I was one of the people who couldn't get through. I was speaking to you know a few members of the, the public and they were just having a laugh at Antifa as well. So we know the public support is on our side on this, but the problem is how... how <laughs> The problem is obviously Antifa made it so that we couldn't get our voices heard and no one, no one could get through to the protest. It was a complete disgrace. And I feel like the, the police, even though uh, Simon disagrees with me on this, he thinks they were doing the best they could. I've, I, I've, to be honest, they, they weren't being peaceful, like the police were saying. They were, they were trying to you know, fight. They were making death threats. Um, I feel like the police just wanted to shove us into the corner so that we couldn't be heard because to them, we are far right. and even though you know Antifa is the one that you know constantly breaks the law, they're the ones who are funded and supported by the state, even though they're the ones who are meant to be anti-authority. They're they're standing there with a communist flag, right? They're 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 anti-authority, right? This is what they all say. They say they're anarchists, they're anti-authority, right? While waving a communist flag, which is why I'm setting one on fire in a couple of weeks. They don't realize how mass you know how big of a hypocrites they, they are being and well they're they, they're, they're the useful idiots james they're the ones because they're, they're, they're the agitators yeah they're let, the agitators. And, and let me tell you let me get let me just throw this in here if i'm going to tell you james if i were you and you got that audience dude i would pick a passage of scripture and read it for your start the word of god is powerful sharper than any two-edged sword those people can't unhear what you hear you want to break down your enemies you do so through the mind 
I'll and, do it, James. And the Bible says that our <laughs> weapons aren't carnal. Look, I've got guns. I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to defend my family or my neighbors or, some, or even strangers that I don't know if, if they're in danger. But our attack is largely what you're doing. But man, use the word of God. It's powerful. They can't stop it. They're, they're incapacitated to stop it. And so I would encourage you, get a passage of scripture. I, and if it applies to you or not, just read it. That thing is powerful. Let it off the chain and let it do its job and keep doing what you're doing because boy, you've got, you're bringing an audience up there of people who need to have their minds restored. They're reprobates. Yeah. Well, they're, they're standing there shouting stuff like, um, what was it? Uh, say it loud, say it clear. Refugees are welcome here, right? Stuff like that. Now, I've done a lot around immigration, illegal immigration, right? I, you know, I've done a lot of work with, well, I've supported Tommy and his Telford demos and stuff like that as well, which is about the Islamic grooming gangs. So I've done a lot that kind of focuses on um, that kind of area, right? Um, but the thing is, before the protest, so this has kind of impacted our numbers largely. We were meant to have a guest speaker called Katie Fannin, right? But we found out she was a... Um, neo-nazi and the problem is when you have those neo-nazis there they use platforms like ours to um convey their message right and so the the thing is you know you know like uh, katie mentioned earlier about the the sikhs right the sikhs stood next to us side by side of us against islamic grooming gangs right they, they were the, they were at the top fighting against it and the problem is the, these neo-nazis they want to deport anyone who's um what is it? Uh, they, they want to deport anyone, you know, they deport the Sikhs just because of their skin color. doesn't matter what they've done, right? But this is a culture war, not a race war. And so I, I basically said, right, the, the PA, neo-Nazis, we don't want you there, right? And I know this is a free speech protest at the end of the day. It's not, I'm not deplatforming them like they're claiming. You know, they still have a platform. They can still do their own things. They can still organize their own events. I've just asked them, please, I don't want you at my event waving your banners because at the end of the day, it's, it, it, it's not what the message is about. We've got a lot of black people on the team. It's about culture, not race. And these people make everything about That's race. That's right. That's right? exactly right. And so, um, so that massively impacted our numbers before, but they're standing there calling me a, a, a neo-Nazi, a fascist, whatever, right? I kicked out the Nazis before the event and they know that. Yeah, they're still gonna stand there calling me a Nazi. I'm a civic nationalist, not an ethno one, right? So my, my, my view is like the EDL, right? Black and white unite. And I stood there and I said that, black and white unite. I said that in front of the Antifa crowd. They don't know, they don't know what to say when you say stuff like that, when you stand next to your black mate and you go black and white unite. Because you know, it's nothing against skin color. It's all about culture and you know, yeah, I've been doing a lot around illegal immigration, but why are they there counter-protesting in a uh, free speech demo because of my views on illegal immigration when it has nothing to do with that? I'm standing there because a student was discriminated against for his political beliefs, right? Because he, he'd, for example, said that George Floyd wasn't a hero, which factually is correct. He was a, he was a drug dealer. He was a meth head. Um, he, he, he had 3.5 times the amount of fentanyl in his system when he, when he died, right? And if you look at the video of um, him being killed or whatever, he, it, it was a complete accident and you could tell that, right? The, the cop in question, he put his knee on the back, which is what you're meant to do and it just kept slipping down to the neck. That's something that happens quite often, right? And more, I think, white unarmed people are killed by police every year than black people and that's the same in yeah. America as well. So. So yeah, I've done a lot around that, but why, why are they, I don't understand why they were there talking about refugees and talking about immigration when it had nothing to do with that, right? Um, there was, I have you guys heard about the 50 minute seas? Yes, yeah, yeah we've done it. I've, I've done a show because Donald Trump is promoting what he calls freedom cities, which are nothing more than 15 minute cities, smart cities. That's what they are. He just stuck freedom and people are buying into it, yeah. 
Like, oh, I had no idea he was uh, promoting that. But yeah, we had Patrick Wood on to show he's promoting technocracy. He wants all the things that are 15-minute smart cities, but he calls them freedom cities. And some people say, oh, well, he's going back to the 30s to this, uh, I forget what it was. It was a work program put out by the government. And I said, that's still this government control. He is pushing the same thing. He is... He is dealing in areas that he has no business in. He has no authority. If he becomes president, he is not. He doesn't have any authority to do that. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to toss that in. No, no, that's interesting. Uh, that's something I'll have to look into after the show. I think. And so there was a we did a, there was a, one main city in the UK where uh, 50 minute cities are happening at the moment, and that's Oxford, right? And I went up to Oxford for the the protest. I actually went up beforehand to kind of leaflet about the protest and promote it and stuff like that. Um, now the, the protest was actually organized by Debbie Hicks, right? Who, who's, a, who's a campaigner who runs a group called Keep It Cash. And, um, because I went up there one time and I was handing out leaflets with Debbie, by the way, I posted a selfie to my channel. Yeah. And next thing you know, flyers are going up all around Oxford and stickers. Students Against Tyranny are fascist. They're organizing the demo in Oxford. They've got links to, to Stephen Yaxley Lennon, uh, Tommy Robinson. Uh, he, you know, he's got links to PA, which is, and that's a lie anyway, because everyone knows I hate PA and PA hates me, right? So <laughs> I went up to um, Oxford on the, the actual protest day and they're all stood there. Um, so I had one of my mates go up there, and, you know, so I was uh, I was running late because the car broke down. And um, they were all saying, oh, well, we're here today because Students Against Tyranny are fascists. It's led by James Harvey, a 19 year old who's got who's got links to Tommy Robinson, which means Tommy Robinson's involved. And, um, but when I when I actually got up to Oxford, I thought, you know, I'll go have a look at I'll go have a little look for Antifa. So I went up to uh, where Antifa were, and stand to racism had already left by then. But Antifa were there, right? And they were there for about ten minutes. They were kettled by police, didn't notice me, right? Which should show they have no idea for the most part who they're opposing. They're just told, right, this person's a fascist, believe it, and they they turn up and they're yeah. Fascist scum off our streets. But you ask them any question, well, how is James Harvey a fascist? How are students against tyranny fascists? They will never have a response because they don't know. They're, their only response is, well, he's linked to Tommy Robinson. But Tommy Robinson's not a fascist either. He's a, he's a civic nationalist, which just means, you know, he's against the Islamic agreement against illegal immigration, but he's, he's inclusive in it. You know, the, the EDL, which is a group that was run by Tommy Robinson, um, the English Defense League, that's had a Sikh section. A, a Hindu section, the LGBT section. It was a very, I hate using the word racially diverse, but it was, right? So they, they honestly, they, they, they just use anything because they, they are funded and supported by the state they say they oppose because they, they, they are the fascists. And that is, but I think Manchester though, as you saw from the videos there, I think the problem is, is it was kind of a wake up call, right? When, I deal a lot with students in, in Wales and I find a lot more of them to be awake. In some areas of England, they are as well. But Manchester was more of a wake-up wake call because if, I, if we don't stop what's going on in universities right now, in a couple of years, we will be living under fascism. And that, and that to me, is a really will scary be. thought. Yeah, yeah it's not will be. We're already under oh. it, brother. We are under it. And this is oh. – yeah, let me, let, me, let me add something to that. As a guy who's been doing this kind of stuff for more than a decade – I can tell you, this talk that we hear, well, if we don't do this, communism is going to come in. If we don't do this, Marxism is going to come in. If we don't do this, socialism. Guys, for those of you who haven't gotten the wake-up call, in the United States, I can speak of I can't speak to the UK. Kate can do that. But in the United States, 
we have been under Marxism for more than 170 years in case you haven't figured it out. This is why Lincoln is not the greatest president. He is the biggest tyrant this country has ever seen, and he showed it by using the, you, the, the standing army that was created to attack the South. Now, whatever you think about slavery is irrelevant to the issue because that's not what this what that was about. And from that, you started seeing the incorporation of the United States. You started seeing the central banks come in that the founding of, that the the framers of the Constitution warned against. You started seeing all of the public Soviet style education. You started seeing all of this debauchery that comes in as a result of it. And why is that? It is to tear down the foundations that our Christian forefathers established hundreds of years ago, and I'm talking about before the Constitution, they established it, is to tear it down and it's to make their government in their own ungodly, criminal, sinful image. That's what it's all about. So James, I wasn't giving you a smack in the face. I'm just saying people need to wake up. We're already in it. It's not coming. It's just going to get worse, but we're already really in that now. But what, you mentioned slavery. Yeah, Sorry to cut you ahead. off there, Tim. You mentioned slavery there, but something that a lot of people don't know is that Africa had white slaves, England had white yeah, slaves. Yeah, of course. So it, you know the, the the Marxist idea that uh, only black people were slaves and only white people were slave owners owners is is a little bit of a crap. I mean, and the, 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 and the, the Marxists are some of the black. biggest racists too. By the way, they are the real racist if you really want to call it for what it is. Go ahead. Yeah, they are right, and I mean, most slave owners were black, right? That, that's something that a lot of people don't realize as well i mean um there was a protest um there was a protest by stand to racism um in wales right against uh, the sir thomas Picton memorial right and it's because apparently he, he was a war hero by the way they wanted his statue torn down because he, he apparently owned slaves i saw he that own, yeah he didn't own slaves right his black mistress owned slaves <laughs> So he had a black wife who owned slaves, and because of that, he's a racist and deserves to have his war hero memorial torn down. Yeah. So yeah. Marxism, the, the, see, this is the thing. The, the protest was about Marxism. That's what the entire Manchester, uh, Manchester protest was about, was about institutionalized Marxism. Because what we're seeing is a, a little bit of kind of critical race theory enter universities, and I know that's a big thing in the U.S. especially, but it, it kind of, how do I put it, right? So say a black man walked into, into a shop and... No, a black man and a white man walked into a shop, right? And you served the black man first, they would say that's because you felt guilty and you were inherently racist for that. Now, say you served the white man first, you would say because you favor the white person over the black person. So no matter what you do in Marxism, you're a racist. It's, it's, it's all about uh, world domination for historical materialism. They, they, they divide and conquer, which is, you know, something they've been doing a lot of recently. They divide and conquer by calling everyone racist, homophobes, transphobes, Islamophobes, um, in order to take control, because once you're divided, you are weak. Um, the, the only time we're strong is when we're united, and we need to unite together against all of this. Amen. Um, but even the, the freedom movement, per se, is very kind of split at the moment, right? You've got loads of different kind of subcultures and all of this. Yeah, James, and can you hold that thought? Can you hold that thought for me? Let's close out the show here. Uh, you can find James uh, on Twitter at JamesHarvey2503, JamesHarvey2503. You can also find him on Telegram at Students Against uh, Tyranny Official, Students Against Tyranny Official on Telegram. Catch Bradley at 3. Great weekend. Great Lord's Day. Meet us back here, Lord willing, 6 a.m. on Monday. Talk to you then. See you. Boy, that was a lot to get in in about 
15 seconds. Anyway, thank you and welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. James, I hope you held that thought because sometimes somebody tells me to do that and I come back, I go, what was I talking about? So I'm going to give it back to you. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just want to close out the show there. Um, I completely forgot. <laughs> see, see, it isn't just me. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to in interrupt you there. Uh, but, but, but we are, let's, let's finish up what we got with you as far as that update there. I don't know if you need to go, if you want to hang on, it's cool. Um, but go ahead and, and tell us uh, the rest of the updates that you have there from students against tyranny. And then we're going to let Kate talk about cataracts. And I've got a particular image I want to show Kate and get her thoughts on it because, well, because it's about cataracts. Go ahead, James. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, right. yeah. So. That was a protest in Manchester, obviously, going on the, the, the 3rd of June as well. Um, I don't think there's much more that's coming out of Students Against Tyranny at the moment. We're just focused on trying to get some work, well, something accomplished from the situation going on in Manchester. Um, obviously, I don't know if you've heard about this as well. We've got the uh, Higher Education Freedom of Speech Bill that's going through uh, the Royal Ascension in Parliament at the moment. Uh, the only issue I'll say with it, though, right, is that what it does is it appoints a third party so-called third party um, as a body to kind of regulate universities in terms of free speech. Now, the issue with this is, as many of you may be aware, you know, you've got a lot of people acting as a judge, jury and executioner these days. So it's um, even even though they're meant to be completely independent and, they're an in, you know, an independent body, you, you've still got the kind of merge. How do I put it? Like, you know, the separation of powers, right, where you've got the executive, judiciary and legislative um, kind of branches of government, well, they, they, they seem to be merging at the moment, right? When you get the merging, you get the, the formation of a dictatorship. Well, I, I have a feeling it's, it's kind of the same with everything at the moment. So no matter what, so it doesn't matter if they're, they're an independent party or whatever, no one is truly uh, non-bias. And that, that's the problem that we're seeing. So even with these kind of independent, independent bodies that are meant to be regulating free speech in universities, I personally don't think that's going to, uh, it's going to happen. But to be honest, there's no more updates coming from Students Against Tyranny at the moment, just that. And uh, yeah. Well, James, we appreciate you, man. We really do. Uh, I, I gain so, uh, so much encouragement. And I think there's people who hear because all we hear from the Mockingbird media is people in your generation are just, they're worthless. They're, they aren't doing anything. This, And I tell people, that's not true. I don't run around. I mean, my kids are probably in your generation. I don't know how old you are. My, my oldest is uh, 27. And my youngest is going to be 10. So I've got kids all in between. So I'm sure you fit somewhere in there. And, you know, I don't see it among them. I don't see it among their kid, uh, their their friends. Um, yeah. Sometimes you, you see some immaturity. And I see that sometimes in my kids, too, even at their age. But the fact of the matter is time's going to bring that about. It's going to bring maturity and uh, one way or another. And I'm glad to see that a young man like yourself and those who support you who come out, because I know there's a lot of young people in there. There's some older people you have too uh, on your side, but you're a great encouragement in that. And, uh, you know, I hope the Lord continues to bless the efforts that you put for. Keep, keep at the forefront of your mind that he's the one who not only turns the hearts of the kings, yep. but he turns your heart too, bro. He, he turns your heart and he's given you something inside of you that wants to speak out because he hasn't given it to other people there. So use it to glorify him. I, I, I'd say that as an exhortation, as a, as a uh, encouragement to you. And I mean what I say, when you start your things and Antifa's all around, dude, take your Bible, read something out of the scripture, read it in context. Don't just pull a verse out, read it in context and just read it and let it do what it's going to do. And then, you know, speak out against the things you're doing. I'm telling you, 
you're going to see the difference because God's word doesn't go out except to fulfill what his purpose is. And that's either to harden hearts or it's to soften them and give them grace. James, we appreciate you very much. We really do. Kate, and you can stay, you can hang on if you want. Uh, we're going to turn it over to Kate and talk about cataract treatments. Oh, we go from <laughs> students against tyranny, Antifa, racism, and all this other stuff to cataract treatments. And by the way, Kate, I want to ask you this. Yeah. I, I played a video this week. And I just kind of, I kind of stopped it. But what I want you to do is I want you to comment on this a little bit. And that is, let me kick, uh, let me, let me pull this up full screen because James has left us and we do appreciate you, James, very much. And we support you here at the Sons of Liberty in what you're doing. Really do. This is, this is Laura Loomer. What do you notice about her eyes? Can you, can you make that out? Do you see? Do you see the color? It's kind of odd. It's I had not seen her eyes like this, but I noticed it during the video that I played the other day where she's exposing at least three lies that Ron DeSantis has told us. Okay. And did an article on it, uh, played it on the show and everything. But the first thing I thought was she kind of has her, the color part of her eyes, even the pupil looks like the icon we have for the video that we're looking at. And it made me wonder. Is what we're seeing there glycoma? I, I, I'm not saying she is, but it just kind of struck me as odd. Or does she have some kind of maybe, I don't know, contact lenses or something like that in there? Yeah, she might have lenses. Okay. She, uh, you know, you don't know, but, you, you know, you can see as people get older, you start to notice they've sure. got that root around their eyes. But look, let's go through this. Because uh, I, I wrote, a, I, I used three books, did lots of research, I put together a document of what people could do. So cataracts, what's your symptoms of cataracts? You've got blurring of details, blurring of larger objects, changes in color perception, temporary improvement of farsightedness, you know, long sightedness, darkening of vision, <coughs> difficulty driving at night, blindness. And what's your causes of that? Exposure to ultraviolet light or infrared, poor diet, particularly one that's low in your antioxidants. We're going to talk about what they are. Obesity. We know that obesity exponentially increases the risk of every disease for all you fat healthcare workers. Uh, radiation, smoking, heavy metal poisoning, poor digestion. Um, you know, for everybody out there um, that has acid reflux or poor digestion, one of the things that you need even to make your mucus, which you need, is you need water. And most people are deficient in water. They're drinking tea and coffee and sodas, and uh, but they're not drinking. You know, you should be drinking eight, eight-ounce glasses, just eight ounces at a time. One 3,000-patient study showed that all of their reflux and those that had asthma went when they did that. So poor digestion, mineral deficiencies, injury to the eye, long-term use of steroids. What do steroids do? Uh, they block a couple of particular pathways, COX-1, COX-2, so you don't make your prostaglandin, so you get a whole host of other problems. And they put so many patients on them, and non-steroidal, and the ones that are all the anti-inflammatories, the ones that come over the counter as well, and the ones that you can buy. Hereditary, patients with Down syndrome, diabetes, which is exploding, and pharmaceutical drugs such as, such as statins, which they want everybody on the government's, you know, we had a thing in the paper about how many people they want on there. They're one of the only drugs you can just throw in the bin, the bin right away. Don't take them. Um, what tests can you get done to assess it? Vitam vitamin and mineral analysis using blood and urine samples, intestinal permeability using urine sample analysis, 
digestion using stool sample analysis and toxic heavy metal toxicity using urine and hair sample analysis. What are the effects of your diet on your cataracts? Well, the correct diet will prevent and reverse cataracts. And this comes, uh, you know, with patience and dedication. You've got to, if you've had them a long time, you're going to have to stick with it a long time. It will improve your general eye health anyway, but it's also going to help reverse and reduce the risk of developing every other disease that's associated with aging. So you recommend a diet, a diet that should contain as many varieties as possible and colors of fruits and vegetables that are available. Choose these that have the richest source of antioxidants within them. And that's substances that fight free radical damage. So your carotenoids are the most important antioxidants for eye problems. That's your dark leaf, leafy green vegetables, your bell peppers, tomatoes, oranges, celery, red grapes, melons, mangoes, yellow squash, and wonderful carrots are excellent sources. Spinach and kale are high in the carotenoids lutein and zeaxanthin. These have been reported to lower the risk of developing cataracts. And egg yolks are also rich in carotenoids. Isn't it a surprise that they're your antioxidants cut down on your inflammation and they're telling us bird flu and they want all your chickens registered and slaughtered. Bioflavonoids and vitamin C work in combination and fight free radical damage. These also improve the tissues and the capillaries of the eye. Remember what we talked about on a show that when you eat sugar, it affects your eyesight. Why? Because it makes your blood sticky and it affects all your small blood vessels like your brain, your eyes, your kidneys. Uh, excellent sources of bioflavonoids are berries, cherries, plums, tomatoes, and the rich in vitamin C citric fruits. You've got to try to maintain a minimum protein intake of 70 grams daily and a minimum of five cups of greens daily. That can be plant protein or it can be animal protein, always buy organic to avoid GMO, pesticides, herbicides and fungicides and any other toxins. And these will be more nutrient dense. So what's your foods to avoid? It's been noted that there may be a link between cataracts and poor digestion of milk sugars. So although it's not confirmed in their peer-reviewed independent studies, you know how they all like to pat each other on the back with their letters after their names. It's wise that those with cataracts do eliminate milk and its products from the diet and certainly initially. Um, heavy metal poisoning may be a causative factor or a contributing factor to cataracts by preventing antioxidants from doing their work. So hair and urine analysis should be considered to confirm this. Regular fasting, do water fasts. You don't need to do days and days and days. You can do, you know, an eight hour fast during the day. Then you can increase it to a 16 hour and then a 24 hour Um Chelation therapy, both of these regular fasting and chelation therapy is highly recommended when there's a positive result. Don't forget, folks, you can take EDTA, but you must take EDTA. I believe it's two capsules a day. You must take some fulvic minerals because it can also rob you of your good, your good minerals as well. You can buy those excellent fulvic minerals from my um, the good inside link, which you've got, Tim. They sell super greens. They sell not just the zeolite, but they sell fantastic fulvic minerals. So get yourself some EDTA and the fulvic minerals and do a course, do three months and two full pipettes of those uh, fulvic minerals. They're fantastic. You should be taking them anyway. 
fried foods uh, and those containing saturated, hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated fats, that's anything with a long shelf life in your supermarket, um, are going to cause you problems, so you should avoid them. Refined and processed foods, including those made from white flour, must be avoided. Remember, you should be having spelt or kamut anyway. Uh, the foods that are high in free radicals, the atoms that will destroy the cells in your body, including your eyesight. So get ready. Alcohol. Alcohol is burdensome on the liver and it will impair the body's ability to detoxify the blood. The entire system, the, the systemic circulation, that's all your blood in your body. Remember, the life is in the blood, travels through your liver every three minutes. If your liver is busy processing your alcohol, it's not going to be processing the toxins. And remember, ladies, alcohol does switch on the breast cancer gene. So what can you do about it if you've got them? Let's go through some super prescriptions. Tim, I'm going to email this document to you. Um, it's got my signature. Once I've finished it, actually, I'm going to email it to you so you can put these super prescriptions up on your site. So what, what can you take? You can take N-acetylcarnosine eye drops. You can take high dose vitamin C. You can take gentian root. If you want to know the dosages of this, folks, you can email me at naturalnurse@mail.com. naturalnurse@mail.com. I can take you on as a patient and I can guide you through this and we can monitor it. So gentian root or betaine, HCL, bilberry vaccinium myrtilius, B-complex. But, you know, you don't want to take too much of that. You've got to be careful. Um, vitamin E, and you want to take the one with tocotrienols and tocopherols. Mixed carotenoids. Um, so, hang on a sec. Mixed carotenoids, complex. Ginkgo biloba. L-folipoic acid, grapeseed and pine bark extract. Then we've got CoQ10, selenium, GTF chromium, pycnogenol and with protectors, omega-3, that's your cold pressed flax oil, some digestive enzymes and get your vitamin D levels checked. Um, if you're deficient, depending on how much, you'll be told how much you need to take. You might need to take as much as 10,000 international units per day for three months, always get them checked and get out in the midday sun. The sun's out, we're hitting the summer. You should be out because your body does store it. Get every square inch of your skin used, get your mankini on, get your bikini on. No one cares what you look like. You'll be laughing when you've stored up your vitamin D. So reduce your stress levels. Stress is not a direct cause of cataracts, but the tension and anxiety will inhibit your body's ability to neutralize and eliminate free radicals. There are many different stress-reducing techniques. And one of them that I personally like is exercise and going out for walks. I've been out today and done a couple of hours with my good buddy, Katrin, and all the dogs. Uh, what else do we know reduces stress levels and free radical damage? Those earthing mats. You can buy one from my link. Yep, I'm going to push that. You can also get out in your garden. So some extra recommendations. And they work great. By the way, I'm not paid for, to say that, but they work great. I've got this. I, I bought the small ones just so me and my wife could have them in the bed there. And, and they're they, cheap. Yeah, they're, they are. They're, inex, they're very inexpensive, but they do aid. Now, I'm going to tell you, obviously, the EMF stuff from a Corey that we have. We're going to I'm trying to work with Corey to come back on to talk about another subject that will tie into that. One of them he does is quantum something. It's something that he does. I was going to talk to you, Kate, about that as far as what he, there's another thing that he was doing as a practitioner. But that really helped me. But the the grounding mats have just added to 
the good sleep that I get at night. And I, again, I know the Bible says the Lord gives his people sleep, but there's also the idea of how does he do that? How does he give us good rest? I mean, we're in a modern society that's left off. I mean, when you read about Jacob going to sleep, what does he use? He uses a rock as a pillow. He's laying on the ground. So there's there's something before people say, oh, you've gone new age or you've gone. No, there's something real about the differences of the past. The old, I got to tell you, the old paths to me has taken on a, 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 a an all-encompassing view of what the old paths are. They're not just about morality. They're about how we live our lives day to day. It is not about living in the modern. And you go to Tim, are you ready to give up the show? Are you ready to give up all the electronics and the creature? You know what? If I could do it tomorrow, I'd do it tomorrow. If I could do that, if the Lord would will it, I would do it. Already got the foundation of the the morality and understanding Christ and his grace towards us when we don't meet the standard that God has set. He has met it for us. I understand that part. What about the practical parts of these other things? Why did missionaries go into these foreign countries where people are laboring for their food, doing the agriculture aspect, and they come alongside them? They don't rebuke them for that. They don't say, hey, you need to get civilized and live in the city and do all this. No, they come alongside them. They help them grow their food. They help take care of their sick and this, that, and the other. They learn the language. And as they learn the language, they're able to to give them the gospel and call the people back to the old past. I got to tell you, Kate, it's been a eye-opening experience over the past couple of years and especially the past few months to see that the old paths are the old paths they're they're the old ways not the new ways and and we got to repent we got to we got to start seeing it that way yeah, people are people are switching to it they know absolutely they do. yeah absolutely yeah so so uh those those grounding mats uh 60 miles up it's positively charged the earth is negatively charged we would naturally earth ourselves we would have you know man-made uh sorry uh natural products on our feet we would wear cloth on our feet now we don't, we're wearing rubber. And what happens is you get so much oxidative stress in your body. You can put those mats underneath your laptop. Can you um, tell people about the ancient shoes that you learned about with that? Yeah, well, people used to wear um, natural fabric on their feet and animal skins on their feet. Now what are they wearing? Uh, and and those things were made like a dried leather. What are they wearing now? They're wearing all the rubber. And uh, this is where... You are you are just not grounding at all, and um, there's those that say, "Oh, sleeping on a grounding mat all the time, you know, it's not good either because whatever's you know in your house is going to be streaming through you." You know, I meet the most amazing people. I met a guy recently. He's got the um, wire tied to his bed out the window and on the rod buried into the ground. The American guy. You know, people, uh, you can do so many things. Stop buying each other garbage at Christmas that's toxic and rubbish. Buy yourself practical things like this. And that grounding mat, I put my feet on it. And within a few minutes when I read, it's it's like a, a mogadon. It makes me just start to feel tired. And, and I, I generally don't have trouble sleeping. I go out like a light. But that mat is wonderful. They can be a bit cool. When you first put your feet on them and they're rubber and we like nice warm beds and it's winter, you know the way around that? 
get a water bottle, put your hot water bottle on it. My dogs even get on it. But anyway, let's go back to this. So smoking is a well-known leading cause for free radical damage and associated with diseases. You can smoke four cigarettes a day with natural organic tobacco in a natural leaf. There are studies to say that's okay because the Lord gave us those tobacco leaves. It's all the other, what is it? Four, all the four, chemicals. Five, yeah, all the chemicals they're, they're putting in it. it. Yep. Including plutonium-210. That's right. So try and avoid passive smoking. I was like a Rottweiler when I had my kids. I remember sitting on a bench once with my kids and someone went and sat next to us outside with a cigarette and I asked them to move. I taught my kids right from the word go about passive smoking. Uh, so all these people, I, I know people who they go, oh, I don't smoke about the, around the children, but they go outside and have a cigarette and then they come straight in afterwards and you're still exhaling it for up to an hour around your kids. The level of mortality, that's deaths among children with flu, goes through the roof in households that smoke. So you're killing your kids. So that should, and also, what are they, 14 pounds for a packet of cigarettes? Get over yourself. And don't tell me you need to wean off it. It's an addiction. You can tell yourself, no, it's that simple. How do I know that? Because, you know, when your back's against the wall and you don't have the money or you, you're dying because you got sick, I've seen people overnight, they stop. It's about, you know, whether you want to or not. So. Wear sunglasses intermittently, not all the time. They protect against UVA and UVB, but and don't stare into full sunlight. There's this thing about sun gazing. You know, we live in a technology-soaked uh, environment, so don't do it. Intravenous vitamin or mineral therapy uh, provides a more aggressive and direct treatment for cataracts. So um, you can go for um, intravenous. Now, if you're, you're in the UK, by I think it's about five weeks' time, I'll be offering intravenous vitamins and and vitamin c and the course will then be written for the nurses who join the bna or anyone else you know who wants to be a nurse you're not going to have to pay a grand to do it like i did you're going to be paying probably a tenth of that if you're a member of the british nursing alliance to do that course we've got the insurance and everything else sorted so that you can offer that yep you see we're about healing people not about fleecing people uh, anyway, for many patients, surgery becomes the only option. Yes, indeed it does. But if a cataract is caught early, a doctor may advise the removal of the entire lens and replacement with a plastic lens. If you want to do that, that's your bag. Go for it. The operation is painless and has an, an excellent success rate. However, it's always best to avoid needing it in the first place. Amen. And try non-invasive techniques first. Complementary healing strategies and natural remedies remedies have excellent results. Um, and it's advisable always to do your research and uh, always see your quack trained in the Rockefeller system. <laughs> uh, always, always, always. I'm wanting to see what Kate would say about these things right here. Hang on a sec. So I have to go, go ahead. ahead. These Let are... me just finish this and then I'll have a look. Okay. I'm going off the screen here. Let Go me ahead. Just tell you. Go ahead. Ayurvedic. Ayurvedic. Now, I've covered everything in this document. Ayurvedic. Cataracts or Kappa. Or Kappa, however you want to say it. Kappa disorder. Molecules of Kappa accumulate in the lens of the eye and affects its translucence and transparency. And this makes it increasingly opaque. As the cataract grows, it creates an increased smoky blurred vision. Those suffering from diabetes are more prone to cataracts. And as are those with young juvenile uh, diabetes, um, as are those with, as are, as are those young, oh, 
Anyway, can't read my own writing. Cataracts are primarily associated with the elderly. So herbal eyewash. If there are early signs of cataracts, Trifala eyewash is effective in dissolving the molecules of capha that cause the cataract. So you boil a teaspoon of that Trifala in a, in a cup of water for two to three minutes. You let the tea cool. You strain it so you get everything out with a fine cheesecloth. So you've got no particles in it. And then you use that cup of eye wash on your eyes and you repeat this wash two or three times to keep the lens clear and prevent further cataract growth. And you do it morning and evening. You do this for a month. And if it starts to be effective, you just continue indefinitely. Now, here's the bit you'll like, castor oil drops. I went further. You can actually drop pure organic castor oil, one drop, without preservatives into the eye itself at bedtime. It lubricates the cornea of the conjunct and the conjunctiva, and it helps to remove the molecules of kappa from the lens. And you can also put one drop of castor oil on the eyelid, massage it right down to the lash line, morning and evening before rising and before sleeping. And it will also prevent the cataracts from developing. Well, what's your herbal remedy as well? Um, you make this mixture Punanava, uh, pun Shatavari, and Brabmi. And that's a teaspoon of this herbal mixture twice daily in warm water, and you ingest it. So this is the, the last part here. British ophthalmologist Dr. Evans healed many eye problems with vitamins and minerals, and he quoted a U.S. trial involving 50,000 nurses over a 10-year reported in the British Medical Journal. So this was using their journals, you know, where they all get peer-reviewed and he used nurses and it was reported in, in the British Medical Journal in 1992. The nurses that had a regular intake of lutein, an antioxidant found mainly in the green leafy vegetables, plus vitamin A and vitamin C, had a 40% reduced chance of developing cataracts than those not taking those essential nutrients. The report estimated that if Americans could be persuaded to increase their use of those three substances, vitamin A, vitamin C, and your, um, you know, your dark leafy green vegetables, um, uh, that uh, the findings were, uh, where is it? Report estimated that if persuaded to take those three, they would reduce spending on cataract operations. These findings were not widely publicized by ophthalmologists. Why? Because they would have lost considerable business and money. Very few medical establishments do any research into the effects of vitamins, minerals, and herbs on our eye health. Most medical treatment is done without the benefit of coordinated research. There is some research though, however, saying that taking too much vitamin B2 can make your eyes light sensitive. So be mindful of that. How incredible is that when you hear all of that and you see that they don't do any research, they just want you to go have these hideous injections, have the drops that are pharmaceutical based, and then they want you to go and have the surgery. It's shocking. Absolutely shocking. What did you want me to look at, Tim? Okay. All right. So let me put these back on. These are my, and you can see it as I pull them out. They're my pinhole glasses. Have you seen these? 
Yeah, they are good. They when you're long sighted. Uh, yeah, when I uh, can't yeah, see far away, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. yeah, and they tell you not to wear them driving. I, I'm just like, yeah, I'm. I don't care. I put these on, and I have. I don't know what my vision is. It used to be like twenty over a hundred, and I don't even understand what those numbers mean. I think the first number has to do with your your close sight that where where things are close, you can kind of see those. And even now, that's getting a little rough. I have to put a light on it because. If I put a light on it, all of a sudden, everything, even if it's this tiny, is like real clear. Uh, but these these little glasses, they're fairly inexpensive. They're just, I mean, you could buy like three of them for like 20 bucks or something. It's nothing. But you can put them on. And if anything's, if you have, a, I don't know what they call is it farsightedness when you can't see far away? Is that right? No, it's when you, uh, when you, when you become long-sighted, you can't see things. Uh, Close you up. Can't too blurry. Okay. So I'm I'm getting a little bit of the blurry thing like close to and then I have yeah, to wear Yeah, when you try and read. Yeah, and I have you to wear these read. I have to wear these things that, you know, like on special occasions my kids yeah, come so, and say so what does that say? As people get age, when they've got short-sightedness, their short-sightedness often starts to improve. Hmm. People that get long-sighted as they get older, what they then find is they then begin to lose their long vision as well, and they have to have very focal lenses. Uh, but, you know, what, what's happening is it's all of this that's going on and also looking at our technology all the time. Then when we And we don't exercise the eye muscles because we don't yep. look distant. The kids don't look at the blackboard anymore. They're looking down at a tablet. Yes. So our eye muscles become weak. And, and, and it's why. light. It's all light going into their eyes too. So Yeah, you should be practicing far, looking at things in the far distance, then looking near, then looking far. And you should be on a rebounder. You, you know, all of this, even the LED lights. I've got an oil lamp. You should switch to, uh, you know, use, using natural light if you've got to read. Uh, it, it's It's really something else yeah well the, we've got people asking what do those numbers actually mean because i never knew a 20 over 100 what if somebody uh, is 20 if somebody is 20 over tw if they're 20 20 if they have 20 20 vision what does that actually mean what do those it's numbers talking mean talking about that you've got perfect vision for long distance and near yeah but what do the numbers mean themselves like right, 20. it's exactly that as you start to diminish as you start to lose your your long vision or your short vision the numbers go up number the numbers are going to go down yeah they're going to go down so that's oh, well mine go up like 20 over well, 100 up. listen i'm not okay. an ophthalmologist you're this not an yeah <laughs> come back and tell me but you know now you've asked me i'm going to go now that's my next thing and i'm going to start researching that because that's what i do because i don't you know when someone asks me a question and i don't know i see it as my duty to go and learn it i can tell you when i've been writing this document for uh cataracts and the more I know, I'm going to be really bold here. A farmer that I know, I went and stayed on his farm overnight. He very graciously gave me his uh, bungalow that they rent out. He's got everything going on there. They're growing herbs and everything. We're actually trying to set a business up here. But um, he had a dog and he came. the dog came over and oh, the dog's blind. So when the dog came out, oh, the dog's got cataracts. I could see it. And I said to him, you want to put some castor oil in that dog's eyes twice a day? He got on the phone. That was uh, last April or May, May time. It was when my when I first got Rafi, the brown chihuahua. I went there that week to do a lecture. He said to me recently on the phone, yeah, the dog can see now at one eye. Yep. Interesting. That dog, the dog can now see out of one eye. He's been putting the castor oil in the dog's eye. So, you know, 
This is all what you people need to be doing. This is why I love what I do. The best way to learn is to teach. I'm learning constantly. You can bet your bottom dollar. Going back to your dot thing, you know, if you're ever out and you can't read something, folks, because it's, you know what I do? If I'm out and I've not got something, I can't read it. I do the pinhole thing. I make a pinhole with my hand and I read across it like that. Yep. That's how you do it. Yeah. The same thing. Uh, you know, stop using your glasses. I use these when I'm looking at the laptop or when I'm tired because it affects my sight. I can read perfectly in the morning. Uh, the more you use your glasses, the more you're going to need to use them. And I have a pair of glasses in my treatment room when I'm injecting, which I'm going to be doing the IV stuff. And they pull my eyeballs out. Now, I've had those glasses were made for me, I think, 13 years ago by my ophthalmologist. They were slightly stronger than my prescription at the time so that I could see to inject. And uh, now uh, they're really too strong for me. And she actually said when I started doing the Gerson therapy and she tested my eyes, she says, your eyesight's improved. Your eyesight's not meant to improve. Because you're long side. You were doing Bugs Bunny though. You were drinking all that carrot juice. That was carrot the deal. Juice, yeah, that's yeah. why I've got orange palms. Now, if you if, if you'll be really strong if you be strong to the finish because you eat your spinach, you'd be you'd be taken from Popeye. I mean, there was look, there was some things that were even in the cartoons that were actually good for the kids. I mean, believe it yeah. or not, there used to be good wanna, things in there. I want to share with everybody now because the town clown, that's me, honeys. Oh Lord. Getting there. I'm getting I want you to feast your eyes on what's behind me. There is a, there is a, whoa, 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 there's a greenhouse back there beside Woo! your chicken coop. Do you see it? Do you By see way, him for, that's do your you chicken. See my oil lantern. My, do you see my uh, oil lamp on the windowsill there? I do. I and, and for people who don't know, right beside that is your chicken coop. They, they might think, well, no, that, a- that actually was my kid's playhouse. Yeah, but, but you use you. it for your chickens, didn't you? No, that what? is going to be my woods. That's going to be my wood store because. Uh, I've got to thank Team Kiwi. He built my greenhouse, and I'm so grateful that he did that. And uh, I'm about the the chicken coop. You should see the chicken coop I'm getting. And uh, this guy has got a farm in New Zealand himself, and he's raised everything. He knows how to. Do, he knows how to do everything. Actually, uh, he's ex-military, ex-government. Uh, even did a training course. He's one of those people that whenever you ask a question, he always knows the answer, and you're like. Mm. But uh, anyway, he was telling me, you know, to, so that you don't get the chicken mites in every nook and cranny in your chicken pen. He did all the research for me to find a good one. He said, uh, you you put sealant in all the nooks and crannies so that the mites don't go in there. And then he told me, I'll use Vaseline. I said, well, I'm not going to use Vaseline because that's petroleum. I'll use coconut oil. You put coconut oil down your chicken's legs so the mites get suffocated so it doesn't bother the chickens. So the chickens are going, uh, going to be opposite the greenhouse, the where they're, they're kind of against my garage wall. Uh, I've got some shelves going in, and all in front of that greenhouse is all going to be these big round. I'm going to get this corrugated. It's like a corrugated steel, and you bolt it together to make round pens. And then on the bottom garden, I'm going to do a polytunnel for my mushrooms because it's darker down there. And then the side of it, I'm going to do some raised beds, but where I've got all my, um, uh, I've got a border with flowers in at the moment. I'm going to move some of those, some of those bushes, put vegetables in there, but I'm also going to grow all my herbs. I'm going to grow a load of rosemary and 
I'm saving up now for the copper kettle. That's the next thing to make my own tinctures, you know, to, yeah, to, yeah. Uh, but this is what you were saying about, um, you know, the, the old past going back to the old past. That's yeah. yeah and, it's, it's you know, slowly happening, Kate. And I see it with a lot of people. I love it. Yeah. And there's a lot I was of people so chuffed with that greenhouse. Well, there's a look, there's a lot of people in our chat who are way ahead of me in this. So it's not like yeah. I'm coming up with this. These are old things. They're, they're not new things, but these people, many of the people in the chat, some of the people I'm friends with on Facebook and stuff like that. They've been doing this their whole life. Yeah, uh, some of the stuff. Now, some of the stuff they're still caught up in, but at least on the growing end and, and perceiving that, uh, they're pick, they've got that. So they're, they're almost, I mean, if, if I have to say there's many people who are listening, um, who are doing this stuff light years ahead of me. And I occasionally I catch some of your posts and stuff where you show some of that stuff. I'm encouraged by that. I want people to understand. I learned too. I'm not a know it all. And when I come to this, even what I see in the word of God, I think there's things there for us, not just spiritual things. We see that, but there are the physical things that we see too. I mean, Jesus didn't come on the scene and just say, your sins are forgiven. He told a guy to get up and walk who had never walked. He, he came on the scene and he made the, the dead to, to, to rise again to life. He came on the scene and he gave hearing to the deaf or speech to the mute or sight to the blind. He did those. Those are physical things. There, it doesn't discount the spiritual reality, but he gave physical things there to demonstrate that he is the one. Oh, somebody sent me something the other day when we were talking about him being the water of life. Well, what do we have to do to live? We have to have water. He is the bread of life. We have to have sustenance too. Don't we have to have bread? Yes. I mean, all of these things that he referred to himself referred to the very things that we need for our physical existence. He is saying, I am there not only for your physical existence, I am there for your spiritual existence to give you eternal life. And he does that. How? Because he gave himself as a ransom for sinners that he might reconcile us to God. So we don't face the wrath of God, but because we believe on his son who was perfect, who didn't violate any of his laws, always ate what he was supposed to, didn't eat what he's supposed He always, from the heart, obeyed God. And what happened? The Lord looked and said, listen to my son in whom I am well pleased. And the father accepted the sacrifice he gave on behalf of his people, sinners. They were sinners. All of us were sinners. He gave his life on behalf of that in order to what? Reconcile us to God that we might glorify him in all the things that we do. Kate, I'm going to give the last word to you here. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to uh, be documenting everything that I do. And trust me, I'm a right town clown here. You know, I, I am the original Barbie doll, but you can do you can do it. You don't have to fill any stereotype. And I'm I'm so excited when I looked out the window today and saw that. Uh, and Team Kiwi spent two whole days over two weekends putting that greenhouse together for me. And, um, you know, even and it was Chinese, it was in Chinese instructions with bolts missing. And, you know, I, I, I'm just really pleased and to get the chicken coop up, all of it. And um, I don't have a TV and I've got my sister's Netflix on my phone. I don't I, I hardly watch anything, but it's really exciting when you start on this and it's food for the soul. I've just been to the supermarket um, on, you know, the on the high street 
I I can't connect. I, I It's really weird. It's like I'm living in an altered universe. You know, I'm watching what the people are eating and watching that they're watching. It, it's like a, so society's kind of splitting. And I'm really pleased to be heading off to the Savage Reservation. It's kind of where I want to be. Amen. Oh, Me that, too. Me too. Mind. And, you know, whatever, every pitfall. And if you've got any tips, you can tell me. I love it. This is where we share. We use the devil's tool to share it. But I'm going to show you everything I do along the way <laughs> and, uh, and learn from my mistakes. Amen. I'm going for it. And you know what? What's that old saying? God loves a trier. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We can try all we want to 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 make ourselves holy, and we can't do that. But we can go in the direction that God has said that we should go, and He promises us life at the end of that. Uh, not just a life here that's abundant. What Jesus says that we we obey Him, but we also experience eternal life. In other words, we don't really experience death. Yeah, we go through the process just like everybody else. But that it's it's like the threshold or the doorway into the eternal life, into the eternal state with our Father. And uh, for those who are missing that, listen, if you're listening to what the world has to say, if you're listening to your own heart, I know a lot of movies tell you, listen to your heart. The songs, listen to your heart. You know, it was a big thing back, uh, what was that, was in the that, 80s? Was that in the uh, A440? Like the, the A's, yeah, something the like interview. Yeah, but it was like in the 80s. Interview. It was a big song. And it's like, well, wait a minute. The scripture says the exact opposite. Don't listen to your heart. Why? Because it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's sick and desperate. Who can? One day it's telling you you're the greatest thing since I spread. The next thing is telling you how, how debauched of a human that you are. Your heart is all over the place. And the only one that can direct the heart properly is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it, period. So, Kate, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having James come on. What an encouragement of a young oh, man. A lovely young guy. In the, I, what I love about him and others like him, because there's a lot of them, guys. There are. A lot of these young men are seeing the tyranny for what it is. Now, some of them need some guidance. They need like Apollo, who was preaching uh, in the book of Acts, and Priscilla and Aquila come along, and they, they don't say, hey, what you're saying is totally wrong as he's preaching, but they come along to correct him a little bit. They, they give him a little more focus here. They kind of rough shave off the rough edges so that he preaches the gospel purely. And they send him back out there to do so. We need to encourage these young men, just like I was encouraging James, put the word of God out there. Trust in God. Bring that to the forefront, because I'll tell you what, whatever you're facing, whether it's Antifa or uh, corrupt politicians or corrupt medical institutions, God speaks about all that stuff. The word of yeah. God speaks about it all. Bring that to the forefront. Let God fight your battles for you. You just be the means by which he does it. And bring that forefront. I think that would be a tremendous thing. Kate, as always, we thank you and we appreciate you. Guys, you can catch uh, Kate on TNT Radio tomorrow morning. at Is that 11 o'clock our time or it's your time? 11, 11 a.m. GMT, which is 12 midday British summertime. So it's 6 o'clock in the morning like yeah, you guys would show up on Monday through Friday. But you can, you can download the app. And you can do catch up. You can listen to my shows. You won't want to miss tomorrow. You know, we, uh, we've got Scott coming on tomorrow. Mm. Uh, we've got, I've got so many guests coming on. I've even just connected. We, we did connect a couple of years ago, but now we're back in connect, uh, with Erin, the nurse who was in the, yeah. uh, yeah. And, and lots of other nurses. I, I'm just going to tell you this, Tim. 
just when I thought I had like 10,000 emails to, to get through on my own emails, <laughs> TNT gave me an email. And I thought, well, I better check that. I went on and checked the TNT email last night and I had a load of emails on there. So encouraging. There were nurses on there telling me, yep, this is happening. And patients, relatives, sorry, the relatives were telling me, yep, they killed my loved one. So, you know, this is on there. So this is happening and uh, we're doing medical crimes in tyrannical times. And I always throw in mm. health advice, which, you know, it'll be, a, you'll get a bit of, you've had it all on here, but uh, we, we're going to cover it. And we are covering Action T4 and the death of Grace Shara. I, mm. well, I, I was on the show on Unity News the other night. I had to compose myself because that yeah. video, doesn't matter how many times I yeah. watch it, I'm blubbing. Gold Eagle was blubbing. We were all blubbing. Everybody was blubbing. It's horrific. Horrific. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Be sure to catch uh, Kate tomorrow morning. If you don't, if you don't get it uh, live at 6 a.m. our time, Eastern time, uh, then that is still on dlive.tv forward slash Unity News. Yeah, that, you can catch it there that, in the that's, replay. That's the Unity News. That's yeah. the Unity News one. But okay. we, they are on Rumble. The good shows. Okay, are good. On Unity News on Rumble. Uh, Gold yeah. will put some on those. But the TNT one, just download the TNT app and have it on your phone. I was, Tim, I did that show last week. I've already done three or four different TNT shows. And all of a sudden, I ended up on a, an American TNT. Nice. So they're hearing my shows. And then I had to laugh. They had me on and they said, you're pretty outspoken on Twitter. And I was like, mm, am I? <laughs> well, you know what? I you know what? I'm nailing it on Twitter. You know what? The Lord takes and he opens up those doors. And Bradley is one who says, let their cruelty swell our ranks because he knows it from experience. And I know it too. This was, this is something that I've learned. Now, Bradley learned it. He goes and prays a prayer at the Minnesota State Capitol. And it, ten, within 10 minutes, 2,000 media outlets around the country are attacking him for things he didn't even say or do. And, uh, you know, it was a way that the Lord expands the ministry reach that you have. And I think that he's done that with you. I think you've been faithful. I'm not going to try to puff your head up or anything, but I think you've been faithful. You've had to struggle through these things, too. It hasn't been an easy road for you, but you've been faithful. And the Lord's opening up all kinds of opportunities to not only glorify him through, you know, when you talk about scripture and what he's done in your life, but even through the things that he's taught you to go and to teach others, these things that people knew in the past, but we've forgotten because because we've been inundated with sorceries. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. That's what the Bible calls them. We've been inundated with sorceries instead of going back to the old paths, which I think in large measure, that's where you target. Let's go back to the old paths of what we know worked. And it's basically, for lack of a better term, creation-based medicine. And so that's what we, yes. we promote here. Uh, Kate's little phrase that she uses is, let thy uh, food be thy medicine, let thy medicine be thy food. And I hope you'll take that into account. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then have a great weekend, a great Lord's Day. I encourage you again, open up your homes, be hospitable. I know a lot of you don't have the people of God that you can go attend with in a building. The building is irrelevant. A lot of our forefathers met out in the fields under threat of being killed. I mean, you go back and you read the Scottish Covenanters. You know how I love the Scottish Covenanters. Get that little book. Fair sunshine. Read it. Trust me. You're going to fall in love with those men who stood in the past against the 
the papacy and they met out in the the um in the fields and they preached the word of god and they lived in the old paths that's what they lived in go back and read those guys fair sunshine jock purveys is the guy's name but put in fair sunshine you should find it if you find a guy who's got a french name that's him okay and then uh open up your home read the word of god you don't have to sit here and expound upon it and be a teacher just read it then maybe talk about it look at the context context is king okay pray with your friends your neighbors encourage them spur one another on to love and good works man feed the people who come to your house enjoy real fellowship with them not some fake stuff real fellowship where they're in your home they see how you live you want to disciple the nations start at home that's what you do and the lord says uh, that he'll bless those kinds of things. Read Deuteronomy 28, uh, the first few verses there. He talks about how he'll bless if you obey him. All right. And then Lord willing, we'll talk to you Monday morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. See you then.